0: Oh, I immediately <laughs> thought of corn.
1: Right. Well, that's because we're from Indiana.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> this is the Creative Double Shot, a conversation about building the creative life you want. I'm Jonathan.
0: And I'm Ginger. If you want more creativity in your life, let's talk.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Creative Double Shot. Welcome. Today, we're talking about maintaining a creative practice while also having a day job, night job, 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 job. We're coming at this again with a little bit of experience in this realm. And uh, yeah, you. in fact, Ginger is oh. just getting ready to start a job on Tuesday, as they say across <laughs> the pond, Tuesday, when her schedule will be changing. <laughs> Yeah, how does that feel?
0: have a job. Yes, it feels exciting and a little scary. And I don't know, it feels like the right thing to do.
1: Well, let's talk about that for a second, because you've been a full-time artist for a long time, and there are certain pressures that go along with that as a result of going, well, this is my sole source of income and your desire to contribute. Fiscally to the family coffers yes. that we have down in the basement in the <laughs> treasury. And uh and yeah, so I want to go in
0: the vault more often.
1: <laughs> That's right. so I'm gonna bring I home my stuff, pile of gold. Take stuff out of the vault more often. <laughs> yeah. Um and yeah, so let's dig into that a little bit and sort of
0: Yeah, so I'm really interested in how this happened. I found a little something a couple of months ago which was really funny. I had written Things to forward my career, or something like that, or Mm -hmm. how to be more creative. I don't know. And I found this little list that I had made and I had get a job with a question mark.
1: (laughs) Your subconscious is like, no. (laughs)
0: Exactly. And honestly, I've thought about this over the past, let's say, five years. I've thought about this a lot. One thing that did kind of push it along was reading Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. And she mentions in there about. Having a job to support your creative practice, like not depending on your creative practice, it is an option to not depend on your creative practice to fund your life. And in fact, to give it the gift of having something else entirely that funds it, you know? Yeah,
1: she says something like, I'll never ask you to work for me, I will work for you. And I I took that to be in the context of because she appreciated and valued her creative practice so much, it was important not to put that weight on it Yes, so that she could maybe explore it fully or unencumbered or something along those lines.
0: Absolutely. And that really resonated with me at the time. And as is usually the case, I read it, it really resonated, and then I didn't, it just sort of percolated. So anyway, that idea kind of planted itself, and I would say that the seedling has popped up at this point and i've thought about getting jobs over the years yeah. and i've nothing has sounded every time i've thought okay that's it i'm going to get a, a job outside of my art career maybe in an art related thing yeah, you know yeah. i've done some teaching and that kind of stuff and ultimately it would make me sort of double down on my art career like wait a minute you started this business and so you can make money doing this that's it you just need to find more retail outlets for your prints and you need to sell yeah. more original paintings. You know, nothing sounded good enough to keep me away from my business. And so I would just keep after it and then reach a point, And then doing this podcast again, <laughs> I think it's something that kind of woke me up to the fact that I was putting a lot of monetary pressure on the artwork itself sure. so that I was paying too much attention to what people liked and seemed to be buying and putting pressure on myself to make more of that and not being willing to explore kind of these ideas that I had in my head, but it's like, well, really, I mean, who's going to buy those and that kind of stuff. Sure. And and so I have moved out of that way of thinking and I'm really working on this series that I've barely showed anyone. And it's so exciting to me in my Creative practice is so much more exciting, and it's just for me. And luckily, I still have a lot of stuff that I've made, and I continue to make stuff. Obviously, that people buy, so it's okay. I'm I'm continuing to support, and all the work I've put into it over the years has paying off, and everything. However, this opportunity came along. You happened to actually just sort of mention it on our way home from our Christmas vacation, and talking about working at a library because you have
1: long. Dreamed of working the library. You're living my dream,
0: and it turns out it's quite a few people's dreams. I was shocked at my different groups of people that I've sent this out to. Particularly my good friends from college. I sent a text, and every one of them said, "I used to work in a library. I've always dreamed of working in a library." Or you know. So it turns out a lot of people have a connection to libraries.
1: Bad associations with the library. I'm sure some people do, but I think most people, it's like a nice little haven.
0: Yeah. And I myself worked in the library in college and I had sort of forgotten that and and loved that job. Mm -hmm. So anyway, and then I found out that the pay is decent, you know, that's the other thing. Finding a job that pays enough to lure me away from trying to make my business work,
1: Yeah, you know, yeah.
0: And so anyway, this opportunity presented itself. I applied for it just on a whim and got it. And everything has moved ahead very quickly on it. And so it feels like this beautiful blending of being part of an organization I believe in because our public library system is fantastic and does all kinds Mm -hmm. of wonderful things for the community. And so it's Something that excited me enough that got me over the hump of COVID anxiety. Oh yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. Because that was another issue of why I've been a shut-in for. A
1: well, right, years. and you're waiting for it's like, <laughs> is it going to be get to a point where it's not going to feel like you're risking your life to go out there, and and uh, sort of does, you know? Yeah, we'll see what the next thing better. happens, but yeah, anyway.
0: <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it was enough that I wanted to jump in, and so. I just find it and, and this is another thing I'd like to talk a, about a little bit today is this idea that you can have this idea in your head and you can think that you need to do something a certain way and you're kind of it has all these good reasons in your head that you're thinking of
1: when you're saying that, are you referring to your your art business or well getting
0: you know that's a, a good, good question yeah, both
1: yeah, no, I didn't I,
0: even think about it, but the fact is that I love making art, right? I love making art. Yeah. I love talking to people about art. <laughs> I love Instagram. I've said this a million times. I love commenting on other people's art. I love having people comment on mine. I love yeah. the interaction and the communication. I don't so much love uh, marketing and- yeah, um, the business. The business end of it. Honestly, yeah. like I can do some parts of it really well and it doesn't light me up.
1: Well, right. And I bet there are people out there who are listening to this right now who are going, same, same heart same. <laughs> exactly. And and right, because you didn't get into art to be into business. You got into art because it satisfied something deeper, yeah. More meaningful and and uh,
0: And know. it is a business and I've spent years trying to pound this into my head that it is a business. So you have to treat it like a business. You have to, Mm -hmm. you know, you have a product and you have to believe in it and you have to call yourself an artist. And so I've done really well, all those things. And even listening to things about having a holistic business, Mm -hmm. like don't, don't buy into the hustle, figure out what really lights you up and do more of that, whatever. But the fact is approaching retail stores with my prints and saying, Hey, do you want to sell these? Just yeah, it's not just, that exciting to me.
1: Yeah, I think of the uh, the places where you do have your prints in retail spaces, and most of those seem to come more from relationships, absolutely, than from you know door to door salesman type yeah. techniques. As I do
0: didn't. almost all my art right. sales. Yeah. They are people I have met at fairs and festivals, and doing fairs and festivals is very gratifying on many levels, and it's a lot of work.
1: Yeah, too. it is.
0: I just feel like I'm sort of maybe at an evolution point a little bit where I've come, and I don't know if you'd call it full circle. Yeah,
1: (laughs) no, I'm glad you brought up that evolution because I I wanted to ask, what are some of the fears you have about how having a job might affect your creative practice?
0: Right, and the first thing that comes to mind, of course, is always time. Mm -hmm. So, okay, this is an evening and weekend job. So on the face of it, that looks great because my typical studio time is during the day. Mm -hmm. So yes, I can still get my studio time and work. So time seems like I can work that out. Energy is another thing. Am I going to have after a social day? Because it depends. Like That's the beautiful thing about this that appeals to me about the libraries. It seems like it has opportunities for extreme social interaction and also nice introverted back in the stacks shelving things yeah, which sure. you know it all sounds nice it sounds like there's variety and I I hope for that but having the energy for my creative practice left over
1: yeah for sure it's funny you were mentioning the idea of you know how you imagined both maybe your your art career and also if you got a job like what those would look like and uh at some point you've made a switch to because this job speaks to me, I do want to do that. And I'm willing to do that despite the fact that I have this art career because I'm at a place in my art career where I maybe am looking to approach it differently than I have been so that it's it feels better. Yeah. Um, and so in my head I picture, you know, a career trajectory and just like any career, oh, it's upward, right? You're like, well, I'm gonna do this. And I get the next level. You think of like a standard corporate Climbing, but I think we apply that to anything like, oh, well, I have these goals and then I'm going to work toward them. But being open to changing your goals, being open to change how you get to those, and being able to kind of just maybe come at them from a different perspective is, I think, to some degree invigorating for the creative practice, as well as just going back to the Elizabeth Gilbert thing, not loading your creative practice down with the need to be your sole source of income. Right. Yeah. By having a creative practice and a job, there's an opportunity there to cross pollinate a little bit too, right? Where you can take the energy from a good morning in the studio to work with you, and transfer that into what you're doing at work, and uh, and vice versa, right? If you have a good day at work, you can bring that to the studio, or if you have a crummy day at work, you can hit the studio next time around and use that as a way to recharge, dissociate and recharge, oh, yeah. yeah, all yeah. those things, and and I think that's really cool, you know. Um, when I first started out my creative writing practice, I was still working. I remember coming home from work and just feeling totally depleted and not having the uh, creative energy, but I didn't know enough about my writing practice at Mm. that time. Whereas now I feel, you know, I've been working and writing for a long time now, but I think that having that experience is helpful. And so being willing to jump in there with this new job and and being open to the possibilities, and I think that you definitely are in that spot is going to be super helpful versus not, not understanding how your creative practice works. Right.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So that's
1: pretty sweet because I write in the morning. I do find that those days that I get down here and I get my writing done and then I go to my work day, it feels a lot better than if I got up early and just started working because I have something due or, you know, I have more work than can be done in an eight hour day. And it's always a constant evaluation of your time to, to make sure that you're getting what you need. Because if you're, if you just totally take the job and throw yourself into it and leave your creative practice behind, you're going to f- be vaguely unfulfilled or or pointedly unfulfilled, you know, right. as the case <laughs> may be. And so,
0: then of course you have family obligations and other things on yeah. top of that.
1: And I think we also talked about the compression of time. Like if you only have two hours versus six hours or whatever, yes. that the chances are if you're if you're looking in terms of sheer productivity, like what can I do in two hours. You could do a lot and, oh my and you might do a little less like futzing around.
0: Absolutely. I have learned that is one thing my solo art career has taught me more than anything else is that I can have seven hours stretched in front of me and spend five of those on Instagram. Yeah. And <laughs> it's I inspiration. <laughs> I need this too.
1: An hour and a half and I leave my phone upstairs and guess what? Yeah. I... A lot of the things that we've talked about in previous episodes about approaching your creative practice and getting to it and like, oh, I don't have anything to talk about today or, or I don't have anything to do today. So like there's the just getting started. If you know you have a limited time, it's like, well, set the five minute timer, get going. But there are, there are plenty of tools to, to get you into your practice mind frame so that you don't have to spend four or five hours yeah. monkeying around because our time is like an attic, right? We'll, f- we'll figure out a way to fill it up. And, uh, and a lot of times we'll fill it with junk. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone's going to have to clean it out. Boy,
0: time. did we find that out a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah,
1: There are probably a lot of people out there who have careers who don't do a creative practice because they feel like they don't have enough time. And so this is sort of the reverse of what your experience is right now, where you're going from a creative practice into also a job but this idea that you don't have enough time, and I think it applies both directions, that you'll find that if you look at how you spend your time and you commit to doing things, you, you'll you find time to do the things that light you up. If you're trying to get all your fulfillment out of your job mm-hmm. and your job is dissatisfying, then what else is there? But if you have this creative practice as well, I do feel like that's a way to not be resentful, to go, okay, maybe, you know, today was a tough day at work, but I know I have this creative practice or I exercise. And probably the more things you can explore that excite you, the better off you're going to be, because there'd be days where your creative practice isn't lighting you up. And it's like, well, I'm going to go for a run or I'm going to go for a ride, or I'm going to read this book or play my favorite video game or watch a TV show, whatever. I was thinking about how in my family, uh, there's a term that we use for stuffing as much stuff into a day, a trip, an experience as possible. And it's called cramming. And uh my mom is a notorious and professional crammer yeah, who is like, well absolutely. we're gonna do all these things. <laughs> well we only have three hours. We're doing them all. And uh and we also have a family friend who is just the most amazing crammer, um, where he'll hop in his car and drive five hours and come down and hang out, play guitar, (laughs) eat some food, talk, and then he's out, you know, and he's got other stuff to do. And, and I love that because I'm, and he's one of the most engaged. Oh my gosh. He's a powerhouse. People. Yeah. He's, he's like his energy and, you know, he's in his seventies now, but his energy is amazing. And I don't know if that, you know, he's obviously wired that way, which is awesome, but it's also, between him and, and my mom, they're amazing role models for you can do it all. And that's, that's sort of the point of bringing up this whole cramming thing is like, you can do it all. You do need to be aware of burnout and, and keep a gauge on all that stuff. But, but if it's feeling good, that's right. And it's funny, again, like think of the time that we idle during a, any typical day, whether it's looking through junk mail or, you know, junk mail will keep, or if it's like, oh, I need to vacuum, it's like, you know, if you vacuum tomorrow, it's going to be okay. Um, maybe clean up the, the cat vomit. That's that's probably a, a, on the to-do, must-do list. If you have these multiple things, I, I think it just makes for a richer life experience. And that doesn't mean you have to be like a renaissance person or anything like that. It's just like, well, if, you know, follow your curiosity. There are all these things that we've talked about before, but, you know, using curiosity as a guide. And uh, I just love that. And, and so bringing it all the way back around to to having a job and a creative practice, know that you. You can do it. Um, you just might have to be more open to approaching your creative practice differently than you might have before the job, or if you have a different job, or your job's at a different time. One of the things that I've seen is the idea that figure out when your peak creative time is. And like in your case, you're starting a part-time job, and you get to choose your schedule to some degree. So it's like, OK, well, I know my peak creative time is, say, in the morning, I have the option where I can work in the afternoon and evenings or. You go okay well here's my work schedule and now let me look at what time's available and and try different things to see like oh it turns out i can be creative at 10 o'clock at night or i can be creative at four in the morning which i i'm not
0: right well you what you mentioned this morning were narratives you know we get yes. these ideas well no i can't i definitely can't do anything yeah. after 6
1: p.m yeah yeah challenge your own narratives i think that's a good one for sure because that that'll help you make peace with the job and the creative practice and man the best thing, I think, is that if your creative practice can bleed over into your job, if you have an op- the kind of job that has a creative component to it, which I would argue most jobs do, um, or as you're going through the day, you can think about your creative practice and that kind of helps yeah. you stay or even your experience.
0: interactions with other people. Yeah. You know.
1: One thing that I've found is uh, every day I have these check-in meetings with my team, the, the development team. I work at a digital marketing agency, and, and it's fantastic because a lot of times we'll either start or end the meeting with something that's totally unrelated. Like, hey, what what books are you reading? You know, are there any cool articles? And and it's wild because, you know, we have people who are into 3D printing, you know, D&D miniatures or uh, augmented reality or creating apps or uh, looking into cryptocurrency or whatever. There are things that light those people up. And I think everyone really enjoys the opportunity to bring the stuff outside of work, into work because I think it also helps us know each other better mm-hmm. too, which is kind of cool. Way back when, when I shifted from part-time to full-time, this is in 2012, I remember thinking that there's no way, I, like, how am I going to do this? And I was thinking back to when I first started writing and I was working full-time at a different job and I'd come home exhausted and I was like, it's going to be just like that. I'm not going to be able to do it. I remember getting probably a little bit in a tizzy in my head about it. And that's when I made the conscious decision to start getting up early. It's like, Mm. okay, well, it's quiet because I feel like once the day gets going and even in the evenings, people are still trying to get in touch with you, whether it's family or or sometimes work in the digital world. energy
0: is different. It it really is. When the world is awake.
1: And so I started dragging myself out of bed and I'm still doing it to this day. And now we both do it. And It's really nice. And Um, that
0: was even when we had a cat that was waking us up three times (laughs) a night.
1: And at the same time, we also had a young child. And uh, Ginger made a really good point that, you know, there was a perfect case where you have this, and it's going to sound awful, but you have this new intrusion in your life. So, you, you know, we had our life before the child and after the child. And it's like, oh, I have all these responsibilities now. And we still, how do we make this work? And we figured out how to make that work. And that's, I think that's, the thing you need to give yourself most credit about is like you have the ingenuity to figure out how to make it. The question always becomes, you know,
0: how bad you want it.
1: That's exactly it. I remember I could wake up at six in the morning, just be lying there in bed. It's dark, it's cold. And that's the exact question I would ask myself. How bad do you want it? And I think at that time I was thinking of publication, but now I think it's just how bad do you want to be in to there feel and, yeah, and, and, and right, So <laughs> So the the short of it all is you can make it work. I would argue that probably the majority of creatives out there have full time or part time jobs that have nothing to do with their creative practice and are functioning just fine and and getting fulfillment. You know, there's always this idea that we want more and more and more, mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily what we need. Right. right? We
0: need better and better and better, is what kind of yeah, well, quality
1: I don't know. quality versus quantity? You <laughs> yeah. know and uh and i also would say that you know if you're not sure where to start you start incrementally right and you kind of you can give yourself something to build on and you can see how it goes and again if it's not working then you you don't just throw up your hands and call it quits you're like all right well that's not working so what else can i try so being open being curious about how your practice might fit in with your work day and
0: uh and i'm here to attest that 15 minutes a day on the ukulele you really start to see some results
1: absolutely yeah and then 15 minutes might become 30 minutes, or it might become 45, or it might stay 15. So yeah, if you're thinking about getting a job or you have a job and you want to do a creative practice, it's all available to you. The world is, in fact, your oyster. Get out there and shuck that thing. That's all for this week. Feel free to share the creative double shot with all your friends and family and neighbors and strangers, anyone who might be a creative.
0: Anyone, everyone.
1: If they look at, if you even get a whiff of creativity in a person. Send them to the Creative Double Shot. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Creative Double Shot.
0: See ya!